0: Praise God. Y'all glad to be in church today? I'm glad you're here too. Now I want to, before I get into the message this morning, I want to just give you a little heads up. Okay. So, uh, you need to be here uh, for, to listen to pastor Wynn. Um, now I'll just, like I said, I'm gonna give you a little heads up. Those of you that have been in pastor Wynn's meetings, you know, I trust this man with my life. I trust him. To have the word of God, I trust him to give you the word of God. I wouldn't have him in church if I didn't believe he wouldn't be telling the truth and preaching the gospel. You know what I'm saying? And uh, but, you know, he's a little more Pentecostal than some of you may be used to. All right. Uh, I'm just going to tell you. Uh, uh, so don't get shocked. Don't get, you know, like a deer in the headlights. Uh, he, he's a lot longer winded than I am. OK. And so uh, uh, I'm just telling you, just be prepared. If you want to bring a lunch, bring it. <laughs> need to bring a snack. I won't say anything. Bring your life's chest in, sit it down there, drink your Coke while you're listening to him, preach, whatever. Enjoy yourselves. Or if you need to get up and leave, leave, okay? Um, but I'm just saying, I, I, I trust that the, when, when the Lord, when I became pastor of the church, God started surrounding me with people like Brother Ivan and uh, Sister Annie down in uh, the valley. And one of the men was uh, Winn Goss. Uh, and uh, he has a very prophetic gift on his life. He operates as a prophet. Um, it, it, I, the gifting strengthens me. It blesses me to be around him and to do it. But you know, he's from, he's from Wales. He ain't from Texas. He <laughs> don't even talk right. <laughs> okay? And so you got to get over that. you got to get over those things. He, and just even I, he sent me an email. Now, are you going to come and collect me on, you know, Saturday? And I said, collect you? I mean, collect you. Come pick you up, but I don't know about collecting you. You know, that doesn't sound right. So there's all kinds of weird things like that just to get past that. But he is a man of God, and he will bless you. And the Lord will use him to speak into your life, and that's what it's all about. Amen? Amen. And I just want y'all to know, I trust him, so I want y'all to trust him also. I wouldn't bring him in here if he was a Yehu. All right? Okay, so I'm going to preach to you this morning. This is probably just another one-time message. Uh, so get your Bibles out. Go to John chapter 10, verse 10. So we're going to start this morning. title of this message is Three Ingredients for Life. Three Ingredients for Life. I want to try to help you put some things into perspective this morning, and uh, there's so much division in the world right now, and, and uh, it, there's just all kinds of craziness going on in division, and that's one of the secrets that the enemy wants to use to conquer and divide, you know, people, is to get division, and John 10.10 10 says this, the thief, this is Jesus speaking, so we can say, he's got it, Right? The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy, all right? That's what the, that's the job of the enemy. I have told y'all for the, for two years now, everything that's going on right now, it's not political, it's not, it may be manifesting through politics, but it's about light and dark. It's about stealing, killing, and destroying, all right? Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Okay, to just give you a little bit of an understanding, the word steal in that Greek form there means to take away by theft. Take away by theft. He has no rights, no privileges to it. He's a thief. A thief has no rights to steal from you, right? When you say, oh, the thief broke in. Well, he didn't have any right to come in your house and steal your stuff. The devil has no rights to steal from children of God. All right. The second one, to kill. It means to slay, to kill, or to slaughter. It means dead. Right? His objective is, is to get rid of you, to annihilate you, to destroy you. The devil has no compassion. The devil is never going to have mercy on you. The devil is never going to give you grace. His job is to kill you. All right. right. The third thing it says he's going to destroy. That means to put out of the way entirely. In other words, get you completely gone. Put an end to, to render useless. Give over to eternal misery. That's what it means to destroy. It means it's not just like wants to hurt you. Okay? He wants to destroy you. When you become a child of God, when you become a Christian, and Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life, you come under automatic attack, an automatic like sign on your head blinking off and on that if you If the devil's going to attack anybody, he's going to attack you. All right? Because he doesn't have to attack the person that doesn't know Jesus because they're already living and headed to hell. Are you hearing me? You got to understand this. The Bible says that after I get through preaching this message in in Matthew 4 or Mark 4, and you walk out that door, immediately the devil comes to steal the word that was sown in your heart. There's a battle going on at all times. Second Corinthians tells us that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. OK, so there is a spiritual battle going on for your soul all the time, every day, even if you're just sitting at home in your easy chair trying to behave yourself. Right. right. You don't get out of it. Right. There's no way out of it. And especially if you're going to do good or you want to serve Jesus or you're going to read your Bible or you're going to grow, there's going to be a battle. Now, see, what we do is we always think and we want to get mad at a political party or a person or a you know, whatever sect, uh, uh, you know, government or this or that or whatever, but you got to take, you got to start learning to remove yourself from that because that's what's causes frustration in your life because you think that if that person would just quit everything and be okay, if that person quit, there'd just be another one. I don't know how this reporter was reporting this. I actually caught it on the radio and it's just a blip and it was on, it was on a talk radio station and the person said, Yeah, no one has experienced what we're going through right now ever before. This is the worst that it's been, you know, in 40 years. And and no one really remembers how it was before. And I was like, my God, I'm not that old. (laughs) I said, I remember how it was in the 80s. I remember under the presidency of Jimmy Carter. I remember what it was like when the bank in Sabinau closed up, went broke. I remember what it was like to sit in a gas line in Saban. I was living in Saban at the time, sitting in a gas line trying to get gas. Now, I wasn't paying $5 for it, but I had to sit in line and wait for it first time I'd ever seen it. Don't tell me. I know what it was like. It broke me. I went broke. Lost everything. But I gained everything too. Amen. I was lost and undone, but praise God, I got saved. Went to the bottom, found Jesus rose to the top so don't tell me about hard times man I know what it was like then when there uh, are reporters saying nobody's seen it like that we all have man anybody's from 60 ups lived it okay so anyway my point is if we uh, you know I don't want to make light of this but I, I mean we went through it. oh I lost everything I went broke I went into a barn to kill myself but I found Jesus but I want to tell you that I'm still alive I'm kicking I raised my family. I wouldn't make it with $5 an hour working as a carpenter, but I lived. I learned how to build. Got to end up building churches all around the world. Didn't know that was going to happen. All I'm saying is, is the devil always wants to make you think that this is the worst thing that could ever happen. And everything's just going to the boom. If it does go all the way down to boom, Jesus coming back. Oh, what is that a bad thing? I mean, come on. You follow what I'm saying? And so the devil wants to divide people, wants to conquer people, he wants to wants to get in division and everything. Everybody wants to, there to be division. You don't know what that person's thinking. What's that person thinking of me? Whatever the, you know, what am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to act? Whatever. And everybody's walking around on eggshells and everything's like this, and you're just, you know, waking up every morning and uh we're going down. That's what the devil wants you to do. Because why? He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. All right. But the Bible says Jesus wants to come give, bring us life and life more abundantly. The three most I say three, it's actually I have four written down here. I have three written on there, three areas, but it's four areas that, that you're gonna find yourself mostly under the attack because he always attacks the same way as first is gonna be in your finances. And I realize even this morning, you driving up here, it costs you more to come to church by paying for fuel than you, you have in a long time, okay? But I'm telling you, God makes a way where there seems to be no way. The, the second area that he's gonna to wanna to attack you on is relationships. He's gonna to wanna to divide you in relationships, because right now, if he can get you isolated, it's just like the, the wolves attacking the caribou herd. He wants to isolate the ones in the back and get them off because they're the ones that get eaten. And right now we need to be more united than we've ever been. Yes. United as Christians and united in faith and united. In sin. this is where we're going. And God's in this. And we all get get behind everything. Amen. Amen. And the third area is health. Your health, your your physical health. The devil wants to attack you in your physical health. I laugh when I watch and I see a TV commercial coming on that's advertising a new drug. And they tell you what this new drug is going to do for you. And then afterwards, they go by quickly and tell you all the side effects. And the side effects, I'm like, oh, my Lord. (laughs) I mean, there's some bad ones. You know what I'm saying? It's like holy cow, why would I, I don't think I could have faith, put that thing in my mouth, if I knew just one of those might happen. So my point is, is that they want to attack your health, but then you get scared because you don't even know if what they're saying is going to cure you, it's going to be worse than what the sickness was. But he wants to attack your health. Then he wants to attack, the, the last one here, is he wants to attack, attack you in the appetites of your flesh because as humans, the more we get stressed, The more we want to satisfy the appetite of the flesh by, you know, eating or indulging or, you know, to the to the other extremes of alcoholism and drugs and whatever. And so he wants to attack your flesh. okay? tempt you. All right. But let's go back to what Jesus said. He wants for you to have life. Everybody say life. Life. So go to the gospel of John, chapter one, verse one gospel of John one, one says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. and The word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things are made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. And him was life. Everybody say life. Life. Say it one more time. Life. Life. That word life is, doesn't mean like I mean, how many of y'all have said this before? When a person you would say would be successful, they've you know they 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 have a business or, or or whatever, and they've accomplished so much, and they've got you know the boat and the yard and the house over here and the that and da 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 da. And you say, "Oh, that person's really living life." You're with me, that ain't what this is talking about. This is talking about life. It's called Zoe, and it means it means a life that comes from God. It means a life that, in the midst of adversity, you're still happy. That no matter what's happening and falling down around you, you're still happy. Yeah. I was listening to, I was actually reading an article this morning that, that I thought was very interesting. It said that, that when the, the Russian army started to first come into Kiev, that a young boy, a 15-year-old, and his father went out because he had a drone and he could fly the drone better than the father could. And he went out with a drone and he flew it and they got the positions of the, of the, the troops coming in and the, the tanks and everything coming in and got on a walkie-talkie and called the artillery and they shelled them. And I thought to myself, isn't that funny, a 15-year-old boy with a drone? <laughs> no training whatsoever. All right? And so the, the boy said, this is the most exciting thing I ever did in my life. I imagine so, calling in an artillery strike from your drone at 15. But the life this is talking about is life that comes from God, that comes in that no matter what adversity is going on around you, you're still able to find peace and joy in the midst of the storm. It's a life. Let me read. It's Zoe life is the absolute fullness of life. That's what Jesus said. I've come that you might have life. And in him was life. In Jesus was the fullness of life, both essential and and which belongs to God. Real life, genuine, a life active. Not, Not Miller high life. God high life. Okay. Vigorous. Okay. This is what Zoe means. It's more than just See, folks, right now we're in the middle of a trial. You're in the middle of, you know, food's costing more, fuel's costing more. Everybody's crazy. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I don't even know what else to, 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 to say it even in a any other way. Everybody's nuts. And so, so all this is going on around you. So then it, the devil wants to come in and he wants to kill, steal, and destroy from you. And let's say you're not going to. Fall into drugs, or you're not going to fall into this or that or the other, some sin of the appetite of the flesh, and you're healthy and you're doing good, and you're walking, you're exercising, you're not eating sugar, you're doing, a okay. all right? So, you're good in that area. So, how's he going to get you? He's going to try to oppress you, he's going to come upon you and try to steal from you your joy, your peace, your patience, your love. He's going to try to get you to get over in the old grumpy area, all right? Okay, that's what he's going to try to do. Just know it. It's gonna to happen to you. You're not immune. There's no place you can go. Because you live in your your your, your house in the middle of the, the woods, it's still gonna to happen to you. So you have to learn to combat it. You have to learn how to stand, you have to learn these ingredients for life so you can walk in Zoe life so that when it comes, you can walk through the midst of it. All right. All right? Yeah. So go to 2 Corinthians. Thirteen, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Paul's ending his letter to the church at Corinth. And I read this the other day, it leapt off the page to me and I just started laughing The what he says here, the way he says it. He's ending the letter and he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all Amen. And amen means so be it. All right? So he says, the grace of the Lord, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. That's what he left them with. He said, I want to leave you three things. So then I, it just leapt off to me. Three ingredients you got to have to walk in Zoe life. The first one is you have to understand grace. You got to understand grace. So go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. If you're going to walk in Zoe life, you have to understand Grace. Everybody say grace. grace. Second, uh, Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in his mercy because of his great love towards us, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved, raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works least anyone should boast. And I want you to understand something about grace. You cannot buy grace. You cannot earn grace. You cannot dig it up and find it like gold you can only receive grace because it's a free gift if you have to work to get in god's good grace it's not grace it's works hello how many of y'all have you know we've used that adage before you know oh be nice to him because we need to be in his good graces uh excuse me that's works to gain favor that's not grace can you understand this? It's almost, it's almost like the mind won't let it, you know, let it get locked in gear. It's like it's slipping. When you say you can't earn it, you can only receive it. I was in a restaurant here this past week. We took off a little trip with the family, and I, I, I went in the restaurant full up. I went up there and they said, how long's the wait? They said, oh, it's at least 45 minutes. I was like, I don't like to wait. And so, I took a deep breath and I told her, I said, it'll be okay. And so I walked up to the, to the, what do you call it? Hostess. And I said, uh, I said, yes, ma'am. So it's a 45 minute wait. I said, oh yeah. I said, I, and, you know, yes, at least. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, uh, is there a place that we can just kind of wait? Like you know, there's a little waiting area?" I said, oh yes, yeah, so there's one downstairs. And, and I said, oh, okay, well, I said, that'll be fine. And I said, we'll just go in and, we'll just go down there and wait. And whenever you, uh, you know, get a chance, just come get us. Smiled, walk down there. About five minutes, she comes down there and says, uh, Sir, if you don't mind sitting at a high table, uh, you know, we we can sit you now. And I said, I said, Well, is that okay with you? That's not a problem. And she's gonna look at me like, What? See, that was me being nice to get favor. Amen. It was works. <laughs> But I got us a seat in five minutes rather than 45. I knew what I was doing the whole time. I didn't go beat my hand on the counter and say, get it. What's wrong? Why don't you have more chairs in here? What's the matter with you? You ain't going to get seated. That isn't grace. Oh, pastor, he's just so blessed. No, I just know how to work the system and I can be nice when I need to be nice, and I know when to smile, and I know when not to smile. All right? And so that's not works. I mean, that's not grace. That's works, pure works. That's not how it is with God. You cannot earn God's grace. It's a free gift. You can only receive it, and it's in Jesus. The day you got saved, grace was given to you. You can be appreciative for it. You can thank him for it. You can be grateful for it. You can praise him for it. But you can't earn it. You can't get it. You can't manipulate God and get more grace. But it says he's already giving you exceeding rich grace towards you. How much do you think God, listen, a God who makes a world in six days, what do you think is exceeding rich towards? What do you think his exceeding rich are, is? When he, he's got that. Owns the cattle on a thousand hills, all the gold and silver is his, the earth is his. What do you think think exceeding means to him? How could we even imagine what everything is? I mean, it's more than what you could ever imagine. It's more than what you could ever dream. It's why Paul says it's exceedingly abundant beyond you can even think or ask. Because you can't understand how much grace God wants to pour upon you. Because we're looking at it on a human level, trying to enter into it by works. But he says it isn't by works. It's not works. He says you can't do it. He said if you if 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 it's works, it's not grace. So look at this process. Now this is just simple. But and and don't like say this is you're going to write all your theology on this, okay? But this is just simple. The process starts. Okay, faith rises in your heart, and you believe that Jesus is king. He's the Lord. He's the Savior. All right? Then you ask Him to come into your life and then boom. Spirit of God comes on the inside of your life and you're transformed or born again. Right? Then the Spirit of God comes and He's living and dwelling in you. Now, grace takes an effect. Says you're transferred then out of this worldly system into this other system. You just like, you no longer the rules applied to you anymore, you just put you over here. You don't understand it all. It just happened. Boom, you got born again. Jesus came Lord of your life. No longer you under the wages of the world, but boom, you got transferred over here into the kingdom of God system. All right? <laughs> so now these new rules apply to you, but it don't make no difference because it's all, that's when grace starts to come in. Now your sins are covered by the blood of Jesus because Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You're looking for him, so the blood's over here. So you're entered into this place and this life called God's grace. All right, this is the simplicity of it. Look at it in Galatians 1, 3. To understand, just trying to help you to understand what grace is. Galatians 1, 3. Grace to you and peace from God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God and Father, to whom glory forever and ever. Amen. Grace is is the delivering, the delivering force that delivers you from this present evil age. Everything the devil wants to put upon you. Okay. Everything the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy from you. Grace is what takes you out. Grace is like, like, like a glass. This is a bad example, but it's the only thing I can think of. It's like a glass bubble that sits over you, that there's a tornado coming, and it's just going to go right over you, and you're just going to stand there and say, wow, look at that tornado. But it never affects you. If you live in grace, oh, you live in works, you better have a good bunker. Huh? If you're going to get over in works and you're going to try to earn God's favor, then the devil's going to come and say, you know, you should have prayed longer. Come on. You're going to say, oh, you're going to say, you're going to do it by works. And the the devil's going to come to you and say, oh, you didn't light enough candles. You didn't really earn that prayer. That one really didn't get heard. You, you you weren't in the right mindset when you read your Bible in the morning. I know you were thinking of what's going on outside. Come on, when you live in works, you're going to be tormented because the devil's always going to come to you, and he's going to create this religious fictional person that you should be. And he's always going to say you're coming up short. Come on, how many of you be honest with me? You, you you you've had the thought run through your thinking before that you weren't. You weren't praying enough or you weren't, huh? I mean, wouldn't all of us say, even me, I can finish talking to the Lord for an hour and get through and the devil will come to me and say, oh yeah, but you didn't do. And I'm like, I live in grace. I don't live in works. I can't earn God's favor. I can't earn, I can't earn a seat in heaven. But yet I have one. One of my trips years ago, we were going I'm um, traveling through. I had to have an overnight stay in Vienna, Austria. And uh, so we got checked in. I mean, we didn't know nothing about nothing. And we checked in. I had a couple other rednecks with me. And they said, what do you want to do? Well, you know, we had some time. And I said, man, we're in Vienna. Isn't that where everybody's supposed to go to the opera? So we went down to the front desk and talked to the guy. I said, hey, man, is there an opera going on tonight? We want to go see an opera. And the guy's just like, what? And so they said, yeah, there's one going on. So then they took us in. And we, we wasn't much and got drove over there, man, had the little deal up in the little booth that came out and everything. Boy, there's opera going on up there. Three rednecks is sitting up there watching an opera. <laughs> people looked at us like you're out of place. You don't belong here. Why are you here? People looked at us with the strangest looks. People avoided us, walked around, thought we were some crazy people because we were so out of place. Three rednecks in an opera. But in grace, I belong. Don't make no difference what I look like. In grace, I belong in the seat that Jesus has paid for me in heaven. In grace, I can walk into the throne of God with Isaiah and Elijah and Jeremiah and Daniel and walk in there in the midst of it all and say, hey, guys, how y'all doing? I got it by grace. And if the devil has got you convinced, well, you, you can't do that. Who do you think you are to go do something like that? You're living in works. You've got to understand and accept grace is that that is what delivers you from this present evil age. Look at another one. Romans 5, 1. Romans 5, 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith. OK, that's that first part I talked about. You made Jesus your Lord and Savior. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith into this grace. Are you following me here, church? I know the world looks like the wheels about to fall off, but I'm in grace. You're going to drive yourself crazy and be frustrated and stressed the whole time. If you're looking at the world situations, waiting for the next president to fix everything. God uses men, but I'm telling you, I I do not have my faith in a man to save me. Only the son of God, Jesus Christ. He's the only one that's going to save me. He's the only one that's going to make it work out. He's the only one that can take the bad and turn it into good. He's the only one that can turn everything around. It's only God. But through Jesus, I get to enter into this grace. And this grace says right here that I get to, it says, and with God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You just stand in grace and say, ah, man, I, it's the craziest thing in the world. I can't believe you made these rules up, but I like them and I'm going to stand here in grace. Right. you are going to stand right here in grace because in grace, God's going to make it work out. Amen. That's where his power moves. That's where his presence is. Let me give you one more. Second Corinthians nine, eight. I love this scripture. It says, for God is able. Everybody say, God's able Amen. to make all grace abound towards me yes. that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. <coughs> God's able to make his grace abound towards me and in his grace abounding towards me, it causes me to have all sufficiency for all things and an abundance for every good work. I got hold of this scripture way back when I was, didn't have any money and I was broke. And I'd stand there and I'd say, God, I thank you you've made all grace abound towards me. And this is where, I mean, y'all are going to laugh about this one, but this is where I, 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 it really began to change for me. I'd say, God, you're going to make all grace abound to me. So I just thank you for your abounding grace today, Lord. And, and you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. And I got out of my truck at a convenience store, looked down the ground. There was 25 cents laying on the ground. I said, well, I'm already a quarter richer today. Thank you, Lord. Put her in my pocket. And then I got into this thing to where it was like it got to be a, 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 just a, a, not a game, but a, you know, a, 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 like a scavenger hunt. That every time I got out of the truck, I, was, I couldn't even look up where I was going because I just looking on the ground. I'd find stuff, i find money all the time, find everything. And I'd gain enough money, I'd need a candy bar. Have found enough money on there, buy me a candy bar, whatever. I, I, God was just, it was, a, it was a money thing. Then I got to where I started finding money, started giving money. I'd, I'd get it and find it, and then I'd sow it and I'd whatever. I, it just became a, just a, a thrill every time I stepped out of the truck to look, to see if I could find any money on the ground. Because I knew God made all grace abound towards me, that I'd have all sufficiency in all things and abundance for every good work. And so my point is, God's able to make it happen if you're willing to walk in it. But if you want to walk in works and God's going to sit there and say, "Okay, when you get back over here in grace, then I can help you. But if you're going to do about works, you're going to be tired. You're going to be wore out. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be freaking out. You're going to be fighting. You're going to be. But if you're just stand over there in grace, said, Lord, I don't know. I'd I'd like it Because see what we want everything to change so that we're not stressed. But the truth of the matter, we shouldn't be stressed because we're living in grace and God is working everything out and we trust in him. But we humans don't do that. And especially us, you know, we're all from the pioneer spirit. We want to get out here and make it happen. Second thing is the love of God. You have to understand the love of God. First one is the grace of God. Second one is the love of God. Now go to first John four, nine, and you may say, yeah, I know God loves me. Do you, do you really? Really? Do you really have it in your heart, to really deep down, to know that God loves you? 1 John 4, 9 through 11. In this, the love of God was manifest towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Hmm. In this, the love of God was manifest. The word manifest means to make real, become alive, to appear. If you want to know, does God love you? Well, then he said, I manifest my love for you in Jesus. That was my love for you by Jesus going to the cross. That was me saying, I love you. See, what happens is the devil gets in your head and he says, oh, you know, you you know, the Bible says God loves you and you know that. But, you know, he he really can't love you because, you know, he loves you, but he just kind of like tolerates you, lets you in. Because we we know what you did last night. We know what you did last year. We know what's inside your heart. We know those thoughts you had. That's what the devil says to you. Because see, he wants you to live in works so he can torment you because you're not in grace. I want to tell you all this morning, God loves me. He loves me just like I am. Now he wants me to grow up, wants me to mature. He wants me to develop just like I would want for my children. He doesn't want me to stay a baby all my life. He's going to There's going to be trials and tribulations I'm going to walk through because it's going to make me stronger. It's going to make me better. And I'm going to grow and I'm going to learn and I'm going to learn to trust and depend on him. That's all a part of life. Am I right? If you stayed at home and never did anything, well, yeah, you wouldn't have any challenges. Hello? But to stop and think of every time you see Or think about the cross and Jesus going to the cross and dying there for you is the manifestation of God's love. Him saying, I love you. That's pretty wild. That he would give up his own son so that you could be saved. That all you had to do was believe in him as the Lord and Savior and you could be saved. And enter into this grace. Wow. He goes on to say... uh, In this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. He's sending to be the mercy seat. He's sending to be the thing in between us and God to take care of the sin and the problems and whatever. Okay. Go to Romans 8, 38. Scripture, you know, but let's look at it. Romans 8, 38. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's got a pretty detailed list there. I don't think you could add anything else to it. But he says there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing. Now, can you just I'm, I'm painting such a great picture here this morning. What grace means, the standing grace, what love means. I mean, folks, come on. That's why I've always been so dumbfounded. Why doesn't everybody want Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? Because this is what he's offering. Grace, when all you're making mistakes, you're still you're in the over here. You're covered under the blood. Man, God's love over here and it's never going to end. It's never going to separate. It's never going to leave you. You can't no matter how many stupid things you do in life. God's still going to love you. Because he's God. He's not like humans that if you don't perform, we don't love you. Isn't that amazing? I've always thought whenever I've done a wedding to, you know, when I'm going through the vows and everything, and then just at the end of it say, now, this is what we're going to do today. I'm charging you that I've heard y'all say you love each other and you're going to do that. And if you ever don't, then I'm going to come to your house and stick and beat both of you. (laughs) See if it helps. Because you make a lot of vows and stuff in humans, but then that doesn't always happen. Because that's human love. But this is God love. This is agape love. This is a love that loved you when you, he said he loved you when you were a sinner, loved you before you even got saved. So listen, if he loved you before you got saved, he loved you before you got saved, then what do you have to hide now to think he wouldn't love you now? He knows you're a scoundrel. Yeah. He already knows all your faults and he loved you so much. He sent Jesus for you. Then why are you letting the devil convince you now that God doesn't love you when what you've messed up and done in that situation? All right. How could it be that God doesn't love you if he already loved you when you're a sinner? All right. See, when I first started reading the Bible, what blew my mind was when I read this stuff, I was like, <clears throat> man, Lord, this is, this is the craziest set of rules I've ever read. This is what you're offering me? And all I have to do is say yes to Jesus? And this is what comes in the package? What fool wouldn't do this? Right. Let me give you the third one. Then he said, the grace, the love. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Go to John 14, 15. Fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now that you've entered into grace, you understand what grace is. Now that you know God loves you, now you've got the Holy Spirit here who wants to take you and teach you and help you to grow and mature in the things of God. Because, folks, we do not know everything. I don't know everything. You don't ever come to the place where you ascend and, okay, I've understood. I'm all knowledgeable, Lord. I might as well be like Enoch. You might as well take me home. There's nothing else. No. John 14, 15, Jesus is speaking. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may be abide with you forever. The spirit of truth in whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he will dwell with you and be in you and will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. The first thing you need to understand about the Holy Spirit is that Jesus did not want to leave you behind. OK, he did not want to leave you comfortless. He did not want to leave you alone like an orphan. So he said, I want to send the Holy Spirit to you. Now, do you notice a few things here? It says the world can't receive him because it doesn't seem or know him, But you can. Huh? I mean, I'm just saying Jesus is saying this. So I don't think he's lying to us. So that means you can see the Holy Spirit moving. But, and you'll know him. Why? Because he's going to dwell in you and he's going to be with you. You see, there's this real force called the Holy Spirit. It is the third person of the Trinity. He is as much God as God is God, as Jesus is God, he is the Holy Spirit. And he's God and he's here on this earth to be with you, not to leave you as orphans. But you can't hear him and you can't see him moving. When you're all messed up over here in works and don't think God loves you and you're just all troubled all the time and over here because the Holy Spirit doesn't deal in that. All right. The Holy Spirit doesn't dwell. And I'm not saying he leaves you. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. But the Holy Spirit is when you when you're in works and you're whatever. It's like a kid throwing a temper tantrum. He's on the floor. He's king. And you're just going to sit there. OK, well, you're going to quit this in a minute. That's what's happening. You're in freak out mode. You're freaking out. You're running around the house. Nothing's going to work We're going to die. We're going to die. It's going to go back. And the Holy Spirit just stands over there and says, well, when you settle down a minute, maybe I can get something through. Maybe I can talk to you. Maybe I can get something through because you're crazy right now. Hello? All right. Once you understand grace, you're in grace, you understand the love of God within the Holy Spirit can start working with you and teaching you. Look at 1425, John 1425. Jesus said he doesn't want to leave you helpless. He said, these things I've spoken to you that while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. Bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I believe that's a word for our time right now. Don't let your heart be afraid. I know things don't look good. I know you're paying more. I know inflation's getting in. I know they're talking about all kinds of Now they're, they're talking recession. Then they're talking de- de- depression. Then they're talking, oh, they're talking, whoa. This gets worse and worse. It doesn't make any difference what it is, folks. If we need manna to come out of heaven, manna will come out of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. If that box of Cheerios just doesn't run dry, then bless God, you got your Cheerios. Hello? Cheerios with no sugar though (laughs) hello the loaf of bread you just keep pulling a piece off but there's just always another slice of bread I mean folks if God could take the Israelites 40 years through the wilderness and their shoes didn't wear out in other words nobody wore their shoes out but neither did anybody get any fatter or skinnier everything fit they came through the clothes didn't wear out every morning there was manna outside Every evening there was manna out there. Every day it was taken care of. Every next morning. But you know, there's still some fools in that group that opened up the tent door and said, Oh God, I hope there's manna. And the next morning, said, oh God, I hope it's manna. And it's out there. That's why God did that. He was trying to figure out who in the world could believe him. And I don't want us to be Christians like that, looking out the tent door to see if God's still there. We want to be people that are walking in grace, understanding the love of God, and having fellowship with the Holy Spirit so that we can know what's to come. Because listen to me, what he says here. Uh, Did I read 1425? I did? Okay. Go to 1526. John 1526. It says, But when the Helper comes... Whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Folks, listen to me. We can't get a right answer. We can't get nothing straight around here. You don't know what. Listen to me. You're reading the news. You don't know what's going on. You don't know who to trust. You don't know what's going on. You know what the real deal is? All right. When the curtain is going to be pulled back, you remember the Wizard of Oz? Then the great and powerful Oz. And then they pull it back. It's a little Yahoo over there pulling levers in a, behind the curtain. I don't know what's going on. I just know it's pretty freaky. All right. Yeah. But I just know this. I just know that when you stay with the Holy Spirit, you're going to know the spirit of truth. Amen. Yeah. And that's what we need is the spirit of truth. You need to start asking every day, Holy Spirit, is this true? Is this right or not? I mean, literally the world they've been telling us for at least the last two years. We're all dead. I mean, come on. When COVID was here. They told us trucks, body bags. They're bringing in the body bags. Right. Trucks are just going to come, gather up bodies, dead bodies. Going to kill everybody in the whole town. Bodies of dead people. Right? right. Why? Because it brings fear and all that is of the right. enemy that wants to make everybody freak out. Whoa! And, it, and it, it wants to stress on you and just get you all going. All right. And then you know the banks are going to crash. And then this is going to happen. And all that's going to happen. All we had was a freak snowstorm, and it was bad. <laughs> right? And they didn't even tell us it was coming. Right? That, that wasn't like, go run for the hills. It's snowstorms coming. Nobody, I didn't hear nothing. It's like, yeah, there's a chance of snow. Oh, a chance of snow next time. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. That's the only thing disastrous to happen. I mean, COVID is bad, and people got sick, and people died. I'm like... Playing that down, but I'm saying it was not what they said it was going to be. That's right. And all I'm saying is freaking out. You got to understand I want truth. Right. All right. Now go to John sixteen seven, And I want to finish this thing up. John 16, seven. One time brother Ivan was here because if he's here, his wife or family are watching this morning, I don't want to get accused of stealing a message because um, he'll call me up uh, he preached a message here and I do not remember what exactly the title of the message, but he got off that night saying, The devil is defeated and God is on the throne. And we we, we went on to the sing if y'all were in the meeting that night, I mean we we he had a song and everything that went with it and you know, he, he played this thing up forever and it stuck in my head. The devil is defeating gods on the throne. The devil is defeating gods on the throne. The devil is defeating gods on the throne. Well, John sixteen seven says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come now, Jesus is saying this is going to be better than him. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Listen to me the holy the Holy Spirit will prepare us for whatever's going to come because He's already working in the world to do whatever. And man, I'm telling you, the devil is defeated and God's on the throne. You got to get this in your heart: the devil is not going to win. Listen. A thousand may fall on our side, ten thousand at our right hand, but it'll not come nigh to us. We we may see worse times. We may see ga- gas prices going up more. We may be, you know, I do not know, church, but I know the Holy Ghost knows the truth. And if I'm having fellowship with the Holy Ghost, then I'm going to know what to do. Hello, and I know that my God is in charge, and that He's going to take me through it. And so, rather than getting frustrated and saying, if "You fools, weren't doing this," and and the other. That ain't gonna get you nowhere. You might as well say, Okay, Holy Ghost, what are we gonna do now? These boys done got the gas shut off. And then the last one here. In John 16, 13, he says, however, when he, the whole, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me and I will and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. And the last thing here is about the fellowship of the Holy spirit is that he's going to prepare you for what's to come. I cannot tell you what to come you could go and do you could go this morning you could look over the internet you could find all kinds of uh uh, everything in the world to tell you what is going to come i don't know i mean there's the big reset there's the you know the this the that the other that's all out there on the internet saying this is what's happening this is what's going to come this is what's going to and i cannot tell you because see my bible doesn't say it doesn't say here Uh, and, and then the big reset comes it does over in Revelation say that there's going to happen a time when the, you know, the Antichrist is here and all that kind of stuff like that. So if we want to get things put in, if that's it, then if that fits and then the Holy Ghost is going to say, uh-uh, that's it. All right. And I say, oh, OK. Hello. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit over here and start fretting about it and worrying about it because I just know that the Holy Spirit will tell us what we need to do, when we need to do it, and how we need to do it. Because that's what he says he's going to do. And if I have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, keep myself in grace. Because see, folks, you're freaking out. You're over here in works. You're not going to be hearing. But if you keep yourself in grace, you keep yourself in knowing that the love of God's got you, nothing's going to separate you from it, then you can have some fellowship over here with the Holy Spirit. When you start having fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you're hearing truth. And you're seeing, oh, wait a minute. That's where the bugs are getting in the house. (laughs) That's how the devil's tormenting me. Oh, now I see. Okay squirt some caulk in it. Plug it. Right? And I feel so sorry for people who are, listen to me, just think of this. Just hear what I'm saying, this last bit. I feel sorry for Christians who are born again, washing the blood of Jesus, have their sins forgiven, have the ability to stand in grace, be wrapped in the love of God and have fellowship with the Holy Spirit yet are tormented. Yeah, yeah. Breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah. It breaks my heart. And I wish that, and, and this may sound a little drastic, but I wish I had like, you know, like, like there was a Holy Ghost taser that I could just get, can't remember the line. And then you, oh, you woke up. Oh, okay, now I got it. <sighs> yeah. But folks, the Spirit of the Living, God's on the inside of you. You have the greatest power on the face of the same power that created this world is in you. And you're going to let the devil whip you. It's like you're standing on the other side of a concrete wall. and There's a chihuahua barking on the other side and you're too scared to move. I mean, they're ankle biters, but you know, they're the little, it's a little dog. Okay. Not as, but we're not going to be like that. I declare over every, every one of y'all, y'all are going to understand. You're going to walk in this message today. You're going to walk in the grace of God. You're going to get out of works. You're going to accept the love of God in your life to help you to to, to heal all the wounds in your life. And you're going to have fellowship with the Holy Ghost to give you truth. I declare it over you. I believe it with all of my heart. How about you? Amen? Amen. Well, put your Bibles up and stand up if you would. Let me have my prayer team come down. Folks, listen to me. I'm believing for some of the greatest days of our life. I am believing for miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm believing for things to happen in your life that is going to blow your mind. Things that that, that you've only ever read about in the Bible and just secretly in your hearts that I wish that would happen. And I'm telling you, you're going to see it. But I know that as a church, we cannot be sucker punched and hoodwinked by the devil. We've got to do what I said today. We've got to walk in the grace of God in his love and have fellowship with the Holy Spirit to find victory. So I'm going to pray for you. And like I said, the prayer team's up here this morning. You want to need prayer. They're here. Pray for you. If you're out there listening or watching, and watching this message, it all sounds good to you. But you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus. That's where you have to start. Ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Ask Him to come into your life, and He will. He'll touch you right there where you are. And if you're in here, we've got the prayer team up here to pray, to just reassure your heart. Maybe you see today that you've been walking and living a life of works, and you want to get out. Get the prayer team. Just pray with you. Just bless you this morning. It's not scary. They don't have a taser yet. But I want to pray for you now, Father, right now in Jesus name, I ask you to bless this church, bless these people, Lord, bless those watching out there online, Lord, that we would be people who would not be distracted by the things of this world. We'd keep our focus on you. We'd walk and stand in your grace. We'd be wrapped in the arms of your love. And Lord, we would have fellowship and communion with the Holy Spirit that would lead us into truth. And so, Lord, I just declare over these people today that the enemies. Strongholds are broken. I declare today he's no longer going to kill, steal, and destroy. He's not going to take that. That's not going to happen anymore in their lives. Because today they see what's going on. They see the attack of the enemy. And they're going to walk in victory. And so, Lord, I ask you to bless them, strengthen them. And that as we go out into this world, Lord, let us be a light in the midst of darkness. Lord, give us people this week that we can come across and tell about Jesus and bless. And so, Lord, I thank you for it. I praise you for it. Bless them now, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.